0: You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. In this episode, I'm actually going to be talking about other people and how to make other people more tolerable and bearable when normally they're the kind of people that you dread or who press your buttons. And so it's kind of unusual for a podcast like this, which is talking about Therapy and therapy type issues to be thinking of other people, because after all, how can you change other people? And the strange thing about what I'm going to tell you about today in terms of how to make other people more bearable is that it doesn't actually involve changing other people at all. And yet, I see this time and time again with my own clients, the things they report about the people that they found Difficult in their lives up until this point. Now, a quick but important caveat is when I'm referring to other people who you might find difficult in your lives, I'm not talking about those people who are actually a danger to your safety. So anything I say in this podcast is not about people who are actually causing you harm. So... Abuse situations or violence or anything like that. This does not apply to that kind of dynamic. The thing that is necessary to do when you're in that kind of dynamic where your physical safety is in jeopardy is to get yourself to safety. And I know that's sometimes easier said than done. But ultimately, if you're in a room with a rattlesnake, you don't want to try and make that rattlesnake more bearable. You want to get out the room, basically. So that's my caveat, really. So when I'm talking about other people that you find difficult or you find triggering in some way, I'm not talking about that category where physical safety is in danger. I'm talking about the more run of the mill stuff where you find it really you don't enjoy being with a particular person or they press your buttons in some way or you dread seeing them um, when it's your turn to spend some time with them. And so. What I notice with the people that I work with is that as well as things changing for that person themselves, what they start to notice is that the people around them start to change as well and actually seem to improve in some way. And so I'm going to talk about that particular phenomenon and why that happens and how that happens so that you can get a sense of how to actually ensure that that happens for the people around you that are maybe getting on your nerves and pushing your buttons. Now, an important phrase that I've just used in all of this is that sense where somebody pushes your buttons. And the reason that they push your buttons, of course, is because... There are buttons there to push. Now, we all have these hot buttons at certain times in our life until we we overcome them. But a hot button for me will be a different one for you. And a hot button for you will maybe not be such a hot button for me. So we all have these buttons that can be pressed. And because we've got those buttons, because we've got this kind of um, psychological debris, if you like, these leftovers of traumatic and injurious times from the past, then the very fact that we have these buttons means that other people are going to be able to press them, especially if those other people are or are very like the people who helped create those buttons in the first place. Now, one of the tasks of therapy, especially where there's been trauma, is To ensure that these buttons that can be pressed are not so hot. That actually the heat is taken out of those buttons. Now I often refer to this as kind of like an emotional sunburn. So do you know how someone could give you a friendly slap on the back and it would feel fine? But when your sunburns it makes you hit the roof basically because it's absolute agony in that situation. It's still the same friendly back slap. Well, this is kind of how it is in terms of these hot buttons that we have that are these leftovers, these psychological debris from things that were distressing to us in previous times in terms of our history. And so, what happens is that, let's say you had this sunburn and someone touches you on the back, that hurts. But once the sunburn is healed, someone gives the same touch on your back and it no longer hurts. It no longer generates a response. So what we try to do in terms of therapy is if there are any kind of emotional sunburn that you carry with you, that you notice that it generates a a response, which you actually find is getting in the way for you in the here and now then we look to take the heat out of that. The interesting thing about these hot buttons, of course, is that they were really, really useful once, probably even necessary. But as the situation changes and you get into adulthood or your scenario is different or you have more resources and more power over the situation, then it starts to get in the way simply because you're in a different situation. And so what we try to do together is to ensure that these hot-button responses that stem from some sort of psychological debris from our history no longer have the heat in them. And so when they're pressed, they don't have that same response that we find so distressing in the here and now and that we find getting our way in the here and now. And so a big part of our task is to take the heat out of those buttons. Now, until not very long ago, what the neuroscientists believed is that you actually couldn't take the heat out of those buttons. That once the heat were in those buttons, you were kind of stuck with it. And so all you could do there was to try and have strategies which manage the fact that you had these hot buttons, and that you were stuck with the heat in those buttons. What it used to be believed is that when something traumatic had happened, then the trauma response that got us through at the time was then locked in. And so anytime that something in the present resembled back then, we would have the same response. Now, like I said a moment ago, back then, that's really useful. But now it starts to get in our way. And the neuroscientists basically shrug their shoulders and says, well, that's a real shame. But the way the brain works is that you're stuck with that. You're stuck with that trauma response. You're stuck with the heat in that hot button. And there's nothing really we can do about that. We just have to work around the fact that you've now got these hot buttons for life. What we now know, just within the last 20 years, is that that old view of neuroscience is actually incorrect. And so what the brain does, excuse me, what the brain does is it keeps hold of these trauma responses because they're significant. Any memory that is formed with high emotion, the brain is more likely to remember it and then hold on to it because... This is survival level, threat level responses. And so it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective that you hold on to this. But there's a massive difference between being stuck with it and holding on to it. It's the difference between having something that you're absolutely stuck with and can't get rid of versus, say, for example, storing your valuables in a safe. Now, in a safe, it's secure, but you can still get into it with the right combination and actually change it. So now we know that you can actually replace those trauma responses with something that is going to be more beneficial, more helpful. You can kind of unlock the combination safe and replace it with something else. And that process is just an inherent part of how the brain works. It's just that neuroscientists had never discovered it, but it's just the way the brain works. And that process is called memory reconsolidation. I talk about it a lot on this podcast because it's a core focus of how I work. After all, if there's a way of actually just replacing the trauma response, if there's a way of making a hot button come back to a a standard level of heat, then that's a more preferable preferable way of getting change than just finding all these ways of having to manage the hot button forever, to manage the trauma, to cope with the trauma when you could actually erase it completely. And so now that we know that the brain is capable of erasing traumas and updating that learning, then... The focus of therapy, as I see it, is to aim for that complete elimination of trauma responses of completely taking the heat out of those hot buttons. So that emotional sunburn that I referred to earlier gets healed and then somebody touching your shoulder doesn't feel agonized anymore. It just feels like a touch on the shoulder. Now, the way the brain actually updates learning it's kind of through the power of surprise. Now, if you think, for instance, you know, you sat on a park bench, you're reading a book and you notice there's a squirrel in, in front of you. So you watch the squirrel for a little bit and then you go back to your book for maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And then you look up from your book and you're expecting to see the squirrel again. When the squirrel's gone, you kind of jar for a moment. It's just a... Tiny moment of surprise where what you expected to happen isn't there. Just in that 30 seconds as you read the next paragraph, the squirrel has darted off. But you're still expecting this visual frame of reference. In your mind, you look up expecting to see Mr. Squirrel and Mr. Squirrel's gone. And in that moment, there's a very, very slight jarring, a very slight moment of surprise where your expectation is basically broken. Your prediction ends up in a prediction error. Now, on a bigger scale, that's essentially how the brain works as well. And when these kind of mismatch moments, these prediction error moments happen, the brain actually takes notice. Those mismatch moments, those prediction error moments, are essentially the combination for the safe deposit box. That's the thing that actually makes the brain pathway that holds the trauma response able to be rewritten. So that combination safe is now wide open and we're free then to change the trauma response that's within there. Now it makes sense, doesn't it, that the brain should have some capability to update its own learning as the situation changed. Imagine, for instance, if you were to walk to the river and an alligator were to leap out at you. It makes sense initially that you remember that there's an alligator in the river so that every time you walk towards the river, you'll have a nervous system response of getting increasingly agitated as you walk towards the threatening thing. But if the alligators are cleared out of the river and there is a really rich, nutritious source of food there, maybe the only nutritious source of food in the nearby region, and that's all by the river, then it makes sense that the brain is able to actually update its learning and reprogram the nervous system so that instead of seeing the river as threat, which it once was, but isn't anymore, is now able to see the river as opportunity. So that the nervous system is reprogrammed instead of actually forcing you away from the river, moving you towards it. And so in therapy, we can actually use this roadmap that has been laid down by the neuroscientists to deliver therapy in such a way that it invites your brain to update that learning so that there will be a prediction that happens within your brain, within your nervous system, and then we twist that prediction so something good happens where it's expecting something awful. And we can do that through a whole range of different ways. One of the things I like to use is very experiential use of the imagination in order to reprogram the nervous system in that way. And so what happens is that when now resembles back then, instead of that having a hot button response, it's just a button. There's no heat in it anymore. And so the person will remember what happened. It doesn't change their actual story memory of it. But instead, the button that responds to that memory is no longer hot. So this brings us to why even without other people changing, even with people keeping their annoying quirks and all the other things that rub us up the wrong way. Why it is that I keep on seeing this phenomenon from my clients, that as they take the heat out of those hot buttons, as they undergo this memory reconsolidation, this trauma removal of the trauma response. That as that happens, these people who have stayed exactly the same seem to become more bearable. Now think of it this way in terms of my analogy of sunburn. Let's say you had a friend and they were always patting you on the back or giving you a slap on the back. That friend would be the most annoying Awful kind of. I really don't want to see this person, friend. If you had sunburn, you don't want to. You don't want to meet up with anybody who will keep absentmindedly slapping you on the back when your shoulders and your back are all sunburned when you've been out in the sun too long. Now, by the same token, if you didn't have sunburn, that friend who absentmindedly slaps you on the back all night. Well, they're not a problem, really. I mean, you might rather they stop doing it, but it's not the same at all as when you've got the sunburn. And so this is what happens here. Those people who press those hot buttons, they no longer really have anything to press because their finger, if you like, as they press that button is no longer touching your history, is no longer touching that psychological debris because that trauma response no longer occurs. Even when you think about the thing that happened that is really once was very, very distressing for you, it doesn't bring up an autonomic nervous system reaction. It doesn't bring up a spike or or this big emotional response. It feels kind of neutral and calm to face it. And so when they're when their finger presses that button, to use that metaphor, that button is no longer connected to that distress in history. And so they're not, they're not putting a finger in that old wound, if you like. And so in the same way as the sunburn, that person can be just as they always were, really. But you don't have these hot buttons, you don't have these sore points that they keep on clattering into. And may have even, like I said earlier... Have helped to create in the first place. But now when they press on those same buttons, it's not connected anymore to that heat. So as people overwrite their own trauma response, neutralize the hot buttons. It makes sense, then, doesn't it, that even those people around them even though they don't change they become more bearable they become easier to be around because when they do the thing that they do that normally presses on that hot button which causes such a reaction and makes it so hard to be around them they're now pressing the same button but the button is disconnected the button now gives a neutral response And so it becomes easier for us to be around them simply because we've dealt with our own history. We've dealt with our own trauma. And so I thought I'd share that because it's something that I've noticed really significantly. And I've even shared that I've I've had this noticing over a whole range of people I work with, with colleagues who also work from this perspective. And they've said the same. They're like, oh, wow, I've noticed that as well. And so it's an interesting thing that one of the ways that we can make other people more bearable, more tolerable, more easy to be around. And again, with the caveat that they're not actually jeopardizing our safety. I don't mean those kind of dynamics, but your ordinary run of the mill standard dynamics where there are people in our lives that we find difficult to be around don't. And, and don't really enjoy the idea of being around them. This thing happens where when we are able to neutralize our own trauma response, any buttons that they now press are themselves neutralized of the heat that made it so uncomfortable to be around them in the first place. If you found this episode useful, please do share it so others can get the benefit as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry, and you can find out more about how I work at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to me because I work 100% online, so you can be based absolutely anywhere. Also, I want to let you know about a free video course that I've put together for you, and it's called Childhood Trauma Gone for Good. And it shows you how your trauma can now be completely eliminated. You can get that video series completely free. Just go to a com forward slash free. And please subscribe to the podcast as well, because... This is free too, and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you again on the next one.